0: We're going to start today into a, a new series called, How Do I? You know, one of the largest selling book series around the world is, is self-help books, where people who don't know how to do a certain thing will go and buy a book to try and teach them how to do that sort of thing. Books like, How Do I Build a Wall? I mean, if you don't know how to build a wall, you don't know how to build a wall. <laughs> Amen. Everybody can put Legos on top of each other, but you know, when they want to build a concrete wall, that's a whole different story. You need foundation, you need the right mortar mix, you need, it's a whole different story. If you don't know how to do it, you might go and buy yourself a book, to show you how to build a wall. Or, how do I make an iPhone app? You know, all those apps that you got on your phone? Well, someone had to make them, someone had to develop them. So if you wanted to make one then maybe you go and buy a book about how do I make an iPhone app or how do I grow something as simple as potatoes? How do I do it? You know, if you don't know how to do it, you don't know how to do it. Amen? Amen. How do I start my own country? You know there's a, a self-help book out there about starting your own country. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of happy enough where I am. I don't want to start my own little republic. But if you feel that way inclined, you could get a book. How do I start my own country? Or how do I eat well? That's a big one, isn't it? how do I eat well? That's another one that we probably all could do with that book, or at least at least me, maybe I could do with that book. But millions of books are sold every week, billions probably every year, to people who are wanting to learn how do I do something that I don't already know how to do. But not only to people who are trying to learn how to do something that they don't already know how to do, but to people who know how to do stuff but maybe have forgotten over over time, and maybe want a refresher course, and maybe they want to go and get themselves a book on, how do I refresh my memory about how I used to be able to do some things? How do I? It's a huge question, and for us Christians, it's a massive question too, because there's so many things that our Father God, in His Word, has promised us, told us that we can have, and us Christians, then we get to a situation sometimes where we need that breakthrough, where we need that healing, where we need that, that thing that God promised us. But, but we, we get to a place where we actually don't know how to walk in the things that God has promised us. One of my most favorite programs to watch on television are programs about how do I do stuff, how it's made, how it works. I, I'm fascinated. I really am. I'm fascinated to know how things work, even if they don't make a jot of difference to me. I I love to know how an airplane gets off the ground and how it stays in the air. And I'm never going to build myself an airplane, and I'm never going to fly it if I did build it, but I still I love to know how it works. How do I, how does it work? All of them sort of things, they fascinate me. I love to have a basic understanding at least how some things work even if it makes no difference to me. But when it comes to our Christian life and this walk that we have, we need to know how to walk in and operate the things of God. Amen? Amen. The first thing that we need to know as believers is that not everything is going to make sense to your mind about the things of God. Isn't that so true? There's so many things, the things of God, that we read in God's Word that, you know, it doesn't make sense to us. But you know what the thing about that is? We don't need to know. We don't need to know how God does the things that he does. Okay, you know, we may need to know how to fill a kettle and boil a kettle if we want to have tea. We might need to know how to grow our own fruit and vegetables if we ever end up in a situation where we need to do things like that. But when it comes to the things of God, all we know is uh, all we need to know is trust. We need to know how to trust God. Amen. We need to know how to trust God. This is a Christian Faith walk that we're on. We walk by faith, the word of God tells us, not by sight. We walk, this this is a faith walk that we're in. We take God at His word and we trust Him. We walk in this faith. Amen. God wants us to believe and trust Him for the promises that He gave us. Amen. But we need to know how to trust God. We need to know how do we how do we how do we believe God for stuff? How do we you know, I, I don't want ever to be that guy who gets a flat tire on the side of the road and because I never bothered about trying to learn how to change it before in the past, that I have to sit there with a flat tire waiting for the AA to come. Amen? Yeah. You need to know how to do some things. You need to know, you know, if you're driving a car, you probably need to know how to change a tire. Probably need to know how to put water in the squirties. Is that what they're called? Squirties. Anybody got a better name for that? Because when I typed it up. No, but for cleaning the windscreen. I just call them the squirties. (laughs) But word says that's not a word. How do you spell your own word wrong? Maybe I need to learn how to. How do I make up words? (laughs) Amen. I do know how to do that. You know what? I may never have to learn how to tear down an engine. I may never have to to change cylinders, but I do want to know how to fill the squirties. I do want to know how to change a plug. I do want to know how to change a light. So in this Christian walk that we're in, because of the relationship that we have with Jesus, there's several things that we need to know that will help us to walk out this Christian life. So for today and for the next few weeks, we're going to just learn about a few of the how-do-I's in this Christian walk. And I thought today would be a great place to start about how do I pray? And I know you might be saying, to you, well, I know how to pray. But really, do we know how to pray? You know, is your prayer life good? Are you happy with your prayer life? Is that something that you're satisfied with? Do you think that I've got a great prayer life? You know, I spend hours and hours a day praying and every one of my prayers get answered. Is that you? Praise God. You can come up here and take over the rest of this message if you want, if that's you, because that's not me. That's not my experience of prayer. I get frustrated in prayer. I Sometimes I start out to pray and I fall asleep. I'm being honest. Anybody else honest? Glory to God, at least we tried, amen? Yeah. God loves a trier, isn't that what we say? Yeah. So how do we pray? Or how do we pray prayers that are successful? Luke chapter 11, of verse 1, it says, One day while Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray just as John taught his disciples. I suppose the first question to ask today is, Why do the disciples? Jesus to teach them how to pray? Why weren't they happy enough to think that, well, this is something that Jesus does. Let the man have his little thing with God. Why did they go and say to Jesus, teach us how to pray? You know why? Because they saw that every time that Jesus prayed, miracles happened. Amen? People got healed. People got delivered. Amen? Food, it, it suddenly turned from a picnic into a feast when Jesus prayed. When Jesus prayed, water turned into wine. When Jesus prayed, the dead got raised. So why did the disciples want to know how to pray from Jesus? Because they saw that every time that Jesus prayed, something big happened. There was power in Jesus' praise. So they went to Jesus and they said, teach us how to pray. Why? Why? Because they wanted some of that power. Amen? Verse 2 tells us something very important. And Jesus said to them, He said, So, so He said to them, When you pray. Jesus said, When you pray, not if you pray. He said, When you pray. You know, prayer for the believer is not optional. Amen? It's not optional. Prayer for you and me is not something that we either decide to do or we don't decide to do. You know, that's fine. We don't have to do it. I can still live if I don't pray. But, but, but Jesus said, when you pray. Jesus said, we're meant to pray. Jesus said, we were, we were created people that were meant to pray. It's part of who we are. We were created to pray. Jesus said, when you pray. So what is Prayer. But prayer, put very simply, is communication with God. Prayer is when we talk with God. When Angela and I started to first go out back in... Sometimes in the 80s. In the late 80s. How we got to know each other is we communicated. Now communication back then, glory to God, this wasn't that long ago, but communication back then wasn't as easy as communication is today. I see people today, and while they're talking to you, they're also talking to somebody else as well. You know them Tums? Praise God. Them Tums never stop. I struggle to text with one finger, and I see people texting like it's a keyboard, on their phone. But communication back when we started to go out together, back in 1989, glory to God, it wasn't as easy. You know, we communicated in letters. Praise God. You remember a letter? Anybody remember a letter? Anybody send a letter in the last 20 years? Taxman? We communicated in letters. We communicated in Notes. She passed me notes to let her let me know how much she liked me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we communicated, and then because we went to school together for a year, we we would spend a, 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 our lunchtime and after school we we'd spend talking. Remember how to talk? People would sit down and communicate together, talking. That's how we got to know each other. And you know what? Summer came then, and I live. Eight miles from town. So I had got a car. I had a bike. So how do we communicate then? It was on the phone. But we had a phone in our house, but Angela didn't have a phone in their house. So if we wanted to communicate during the summer, then Angela had to walk to the phone box. you remember what a phone box was? It's these things that have either library books in them now or defibrillators. (laughs) Last thing you'll find in one of them now is a phone, unless it's in your own pocket. So she had to walk to the phone and maybe wait for somebody else that's on the phone to get off the phone for her to talk with me. And we could talk for an hour on the phone. But that's how we had to communicate and that's how we got to know each other. We got to know each other through communication. Either on phone or note or or letter, praise God, or I would walk into town or I'd cycle into town and we'd meet. During the summertime. That's how we got to know each other. We talked. Amen? And that's what God wants us to do to Him today. There are so many people out there who are so confused about what prayer is. You know, I was raised in religion. I was taught all of the prayers in religion. Our Father, great prayer. Hail Mary, the Glory, the Creed the Angelus, the Rosary. I was taught all of those prayers. And you know what? One thing that all of those prayers have in common, they're repetitive. You say them over and over and over again. Another thing that you realize about all of those prayers is that you can say them with your mind switched off. You can say those prayers with your mind switched off. You don't have to think because they get so far down into you that that be, you, you, can, you can do them brain dead. But when I came to Jesus, I quickly learned that that's not how God wants us to communicate with him. <clears throat> Amen? God wants us to communicate with him like a father and son or daughter communicates. Talk to God. Amen? Amen. We've got to learn to talk to God. Because I believe that too many of us out there, we think that we have to come to God with, with religion. We have to come to God with all of these fancy prayers and fancy words. Thou art great, O God. That doesn't impress God. It might impress people. It doesn't impress God. You know, you don't have to come to God which are in King James English in order for God to hear you. I think sometimes after some people pray to God, God is kind of like... like What's he on about? Just get to the point. Amen? Prayer for you and I, the believer, is just communication. And you know, most every day, Angela and I will spend 24 hours in each other's company. But do we talk 24 hours a day? Nope. But we talk probably not an hour goes by where we don't talk, at least for a couple of minutes. And I think people have built up this prayer thing in their heads that I got to get up, you know, at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I got to spend at least an hour talking and praying to God. And I think for most of us, that puts us right off. Because 6 o'clock for most of us is the golden hour, amen? Just before you get up to get ready to get on with the day. And praise God if that's something that you can do. If you can get up at six o'clock in the morning and pray for an hour, glory to God for you. Pray for me too, because I can't do that. I tried and I failed miserably. Because every part of my being was saying, you should still be in the bed. You had an hour to go before you needed to get up. But I learned a long time ago that just like with my relationship with Angela, it doesn't need for me to get up at six o'clock in the morning and wake her up too and say, let's talk for an hour. <laughs> Just like my relationship with Angela, I can talk to her at any stage during the day I want. And that's got to be your relationship with God too. Because he's always switched on, amen? He's always listening. So you don't have to try and squeeze everything into that one hour in the morning and then ignore him for the rest of the day. How would that work out? If I ignored Him for the rest of the day, if we talked for an hour in the morning, I ignored Him for the rest of the day, it wouldn't work, would it? no and I don't think that works for God either I think yes absolutely when we get out of the bed in the morning we should pray we should spend time with God but that might be 30 seconds that might be a minute two minutes if that works for you great but then all throughout the day we can be praying at any different stage during the day when you're going to work you can pray in the car on the way to work (laughs) In your workplace, you can pray just like that. Because we have the ability as believers to just, within our own minds or or in a quiet place, we can just say, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord God, that you're living and alive. Thank you, Lord God, that you are with me today. You never leave me or forsake me. And we can do that all throughout the day. And God is honored, and that's how, that's, that's prayer, amen? That's prayer to God. So why should we pray? What's the point of prayer? Well, we should pray because our God is a relational God who wants to communicate with his children. From day one, God was communicating with his children. Word of God says in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 that "That Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. From the very creation. God was in the habit of spending time with his creation. God didn't just create mankind as some sort of a social experiment and just leave them there on the earth to watch how they get on, just to to see from a distance, you know, what they get up to. Mankind is not an observational experiment by God. Mankind is a relationship. Amen. That's why we seek out relationships. That's why we seek out husbands or wives. And that's why we seek out friends and people that we can have a coffee with and a chat with. Because we're relational beings. And that's who our God is. He's a relational being who wants to communicate with us. So why should we pray? We should pray to communicate with our Creator. We should pray because God cares about the things that we care about. You know, He cares. You're going through some stuff. God cares. We should invite him into those things. Amen? Amen. Don't have your prayer with God be only something that you do before you take an appointment. Or before you do a test. Or before you pay a bill or whatever. Let your prayer be continuous. Continually bring God into your day. Pray over your food. It doesn't have to be a long-winded prayer, like Angela. Angela prays sometimes over our food so long that it's cold <laughs> by the time we get to eat it. See, we have a system at home. four of us sit at the table, and I don't know, I don't know how it would become my job to pick someone to pray. But I now only pick Angela when we're having salad, <laughs> <laughs> because if we're if we're eating anything hot. I mean, she prays for five minutes. <laughs> so why should we pray? We should pray because our God is a, a, a communal God. He, he's someone that, that wants us to communicate with us. And, and we should pray because God will not interfere in our lives. He's a, he is a gentleman. He, he wants an invite into our lives. He wants us to invite him into the issues that we have going on. Amen? And, and, and God is not the kind of God that that we have certain issues that God is not interested in. He's interested in everything that we have going on in our lives. Whether that be teenage problems or young adult problems or whether that be parental problems or whether that be any problem that you have going on in your life, our God is interested, amen? But He will not force Himself into our lives. We need to invite Him in. Why should we pray? Because prayer moves God, amen? Amen. Prayer is the fuel that powers believers. 1 John 5 and verse 14 says, says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked Him. Isn't it great to know that when we pray... God hears us. I know, husbands, this happens to you all the time, but uh, there's times in your life when you're talking to your wife when she's not listening to you. And I'm standing a little bit further over on the stage here because I do realize that I'm picking on Angela a bit this morning, but she's usually on the kids. (laughs) But there is times that I communicate with Angela and she is doing four other things at the same time. And I have nothing to do, usually. Grass is cut. That's my job. Amen? Don't have to light the fire now because, you know, it's warmer enough. But I know that there's sometimes that I try to talk to Angela that she's doing stuff. And I mean, she has three or four things that she's already doing and she doesn't hear me, what I'm saying. She's there, but it's going in this air and out the other ear. But I do know that that never happens with God. I know women have a limitation. They can do four things at one time. I know us men, we, we try to do two. But I know that with God, nothing is impossible. And I know that with God, you can talk to God and a billion other people can talk to him at the same time and he still hears your prayer. Amen? And he still cares about your need. Amen? God hears our prayer. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Isn't that amazing? The creator of the universe. The guy who put all of those galaxies in place and created every living being on this planet. When we pray and ask him something according to his will, the word of God says that he hears you. Amen? Amen. And that knowing that God hears you develops in you a confidence to know that if God hears me, And he says that you can have whatever you ask him for. Isn't that, that's that's mind-blowing. That if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you and he says yes. Praise God. Amen? Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that bring such confidence into your Christian walk? To know that if you pray according to his will, he hears you. So why should we pray? Or how should we pray, should I say? Well, Matthew chapter 6 of verse 7 answers that question. It says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that with their many words that they'll be heard. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you need before you ask Him. Hey, listen, when I was brought up in religion, as I said earlier, we were taught repetitive prayers. You pray over and over and over again, the same prayers, the same prayers, the same prayers. But the Word of God says, that when you pray, you don't have to use the same things over and over again. I know God is old. I know he's around since so the creation. I know he's always been around. But he's not deaf. Amen? He, isn't, he, he, he hasn't degraded in any way. So you don't need to say the same old prayers over and over and over and over and over and over again to God. He heard you the first time. Amen? So you just bring your prayers to God. And you leave them with him. He said, Lord, I know you heard me. I'm leaving these with you. Amen? He yes. says, therefore, do not be like the heathens. For your father, and this is amazing. Our father, God, knows the things that we have need of even before we ask. Yes. I'll go a step further. Our father, God, knew the things that we have need of even before we had need of them. Yes. Amen. 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 He knows everything about you. Every need that you're ever going to have in your life, from the day that you came into this world to the day that you leave it, our God knows everything that you will ever need of. And He has made it available to you through His Son, Jesus Christ. He knew the healing that you were going to need that time when you had need of healing. He already provided it through Jesus. He provided those breakthroughs for you. He provided those financial needs for you. He has provided everything that you ever need, even before you ever had need of it. Isn't that amazing? Like, I know us husbands, we like to think that we're on, we like to be on top of things, don't we? In the sense of, before your wife comes and asks you to fix something, you've already fixed it. Before she asks you to do something, you're already in the middle of doing it. You want to be a step ahead. But our God is not just a step ahead. I mean, He's way out there. Amen. He's already laid everything that you're ever going to need as you step out this life following after Him. Amen. Heal Him when you need it. breakthrough when you need it. Amen. Everything that you're ever going to need, He's already taking care of it. Amen. Prayer takes on so many different forms in so many different religions. Muslims, they pray five times a day in many different positions. Buddhists, they pray with beads, counting and working the beads. I, I believe Hindus, they pray to 33 gods. Glory to God, we've just got one. Praise God. Amen? 33 gods? Praise God. So how do we Christians pray? Jesus said, in this manner of prayer, Pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. I say now and forever. Amen. So when you pray, and we need to pray, first thing you need to do, you need to acknowledge who God is. He is your father. Amen? Amen. He is your father. When Jesus gave the the, the, the disciples the Lord's Prayer, when they came and asked him, teach us how to pray, he he gave them the Lord's Prayer. Not a prayer just to be prayed from top to bottom and not remembered or, or, or not It's not a prayer that God gave us that we should just rattle off. It's a template for prayer. He said, when you pray, say, my Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Then he said, pray that his kingdom comes. His kingdom comes. We're to pray that God's kingdom comes here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said that we can live kingdom lives. Or that we're walking in the fullness of everything that God has made available to us. We're walking in the fullness of healing. We're walking in the fullness of joy. We're walking in the fullness of health and provision. That's kingdom coming. Kingdom lifestyle. Your kingdom come. Then he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that a tough one for us sometimes to say? God, your will be done and not mine. Because I don't know... Praise God. I have yet come across, to come across a human being who isn't willful in some way. We all like to do the thing our way, don't we? We all have our ways of doing the thing. And, and, and it's so hard sometimes for us just to relinquish control. Whether it be of, of the remote control, men the driving, or relinquish the control of what way to, to toast the toast, whether it needs to be half toasted or full. You know, we all have our own will, that we like to do things our own way. But Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer that we are to go to the Father and we are to say to him, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I pray this prayer... I say, Lord, your will be done in my life, in my family's life, and in your church. Because, you know, as, as a man, as the head of the household, you could get to a place where you could say, my will be done. I'm the head of this house, so my will be done. You do what I say when I say it, and not before it. But that's not our father, is it? He said that we were to say that that his will would be done in our lives. Lord, have your way. Have your way in my family. Have your way in your church. Lord, this is yours. You created it. You have made available every need that's ever going to be needed here. So, Lord, have your way. Lead us in your way, Lord. Lord. He said that we are to say, Lord, your will be done. In our lives. Amen. And then what he said. And Jesus Jesus is amazing. He said when we put God first. And when we say Lord have your way in our lives. Before my way. He said then we can ask God for our needs. After we put God first we can say. Give us this day our daily bread. God said if you put me first. And my will First then you ask of me for your daily needs. You see, all too often when we get into prayer, we just jump straight into prayer, legs first. Lord, gimme, 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 gimme this, gimme that, gimme everything I need, Lord. I want everything, Lord, that's coming to me. Lord, I want this breakthrough. I want this healing. Lord, amen. And we never think to, to thank God, to worship God, to say, Lord, You know, have your way in our lives, Lord. I thank you that you're my God. I thank you, Lord, that that, that you created this universe. We never think to to worship God and praise him. We just jump in feet first. But Jesus said, when you pray, put God first. Worship him first. Say, your will be done, Lord, first. And then when we've done that, he said, then go ask for your needs. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And, and, and you know, uh, maybe you're gluten-free or whatever. And maybe you don't want bread. Maybe you're on a bread diet or whatever. But, you know, bread here doesn't necessarily mean bread. Amen? Bread means your needs. Whether that be physical bread for food or whatever, great, praise God. Or whether that bread means, give me financial needs, Lord. Lord, whether that bread be need, give me peace, Lord. Whether that bread, whatever that bread may mean, be it a job, be it a home, be it a car, be it a relationship. Lord, give me this day my daily bread. Our God is in the needs meeting business and he meets our needs on a daily basis. Amen. Amen. Because here's the reality of the situation. Not one of us needs a cent more than we'll need today. That's the truth. Amen. We don't need help for next year. We need help for today. Amen. We don't need healing for next year. We need healing for today. We don't need finances for 10 years' time in some special savings account. We need finances for today. Amen. Amen. And that's what Jesus said. He said, Ask me for your daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. And the next one was verse 12. He said, Then. Come to God and receive forgiveness. He said, and forgive us all of our debts. Acknowledge that Jesus has borne all of our our sin and receive that forgiveness from him. Forgive us of all of our debts. And here's the one that a lot of people like to skip over because they may be holding something against someone. A little bit of unforgiveness. He said, when we come to God, And when we receive forgiveness from God, then we need to forgive those who've hurt us in the past too. And that's a difficult one for a lot of people because everyone has been hurt by somebody. But what Jesus didn't say is, you don't need to go back and make him your best friend. You don't even need to go back and you don't need to trash it out with him. just need to forgive him. Walk away. You may not need him in your life. If you don't need him in your life, good. Forgive him, walk away. Walk in forgiveness. Don't hold on forgiveness against anybody. Amen? Amen. Jesus said when we pray, we need to pray with the attitude of I'm walking in forgiveness towards everyone. I'm not going to make that person who hurt me my best friend. You know, I don't even have to like him. But I do need to forgive him. I need to walk in forgiveness towards him. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our Debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father God, keep me today from walking into something that my, my heart desires, but is not good for me. Keep me from the things that I want that are not good for me, Lord. Protect me. Protect my family. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power And the glory forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Church, when we pray, we gotta put God first. When we pray, we gotta trust God at His Word, put our hope in Him. When we pray, communicate with Him because He's a communicative God. Amen? So, how do we pray? We pray the Lord's Prayer. So many people say, I don't know what to pray. Just pray the Lord's Prayer. Break it down. The Lord's Prayer doesn't have to be a 10-second prayer. It can be a 10-minute one. Break it down. Fill in the gaps. Fill in the needs. Worship Him. Praise Him. Bring your needs to Him. Trust Him. Ask Him and receive forgiveness from Him. Walk away from the unforgiveness that we may be walking in. And trust Him to protect you every day. So how do we pray? Pray the Lord's Prayer. Amen?